Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, with my co-host, Corbin, and today we are diving deep into a great H-Bar project. It's one of the OGs, HCraft Punks with Patches. How are you doing today, Patches? I am doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. We are so happy to have you on. Corbin has said so many great things about you. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I might have hyped you up a little. Yeah, I might have I might have hyped you up a little bit. <laughs> I'll try to live up to it. So, patches, if you don't mind, just giving us a brief overview of yourself and everything about the HCraft punks. Oh yeah, that's a small question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, about me, I've uh, I've been in uh, technologist for and just like creating technology building about uh, 15 years now um started at a younger age and it's really my my path to where i've been to here has been pretty diverse and been in a bunch of different ecosystems and verticals um, which have kind of helped round out my skill set of both understanding uh, what a user would expect and want from a product and how to implement it in a pretty efficient way from a developer standpoint uh, and I'm really, uh, you know, I don't, I don't go too too far into my my background, but um, you know, I, I have done uh, some scalable cloud architecture, a lot of systems that have had millions of you know users per month, and so uh, it's really exciting building on Hedera, where uh, there's this new Web three paradigm and um, ability to do things uh, much more securely and innovate in ways that we really haven't seen since the mobile revolution in the late 2010s. Um, with new uh, both data sets and new ways to inter- interact with consumers and getting them kind of the experience they're looking for um, more intimately. So I'm uh, really excited to be working in Web3 and uh, on the Hedera network. Love to hear that. We do love to hear that. Yeah, we definitely need a lot of skilled people on this platform for sure. Yeah, yeah this, is, this platform is not made for the weak. No, <laughs> oh, certainly not. How'd you, uh, how'd you get into crypto? Like, what was the, the first initial thing that made you look into researching and developing in, with crypto? Yeah, so a lot of people um, don't like this, but I personally, because I was you know, brought in through it, understand how a really easy cultural touch point um, can teach uh, crypto literacy and get a lot more people into the, you know, the crypto and Web3 game. So I was introduced to crypto through Doge. Um, you know, I've, I've I experienced it because I'm in tech. Um, definitely some, some of my developer friends were into Web3 and blockchain, and I just didn't get it. Uh, and I didn't really take too much time to try to understand it because I was very busy doing Web2 stuff. Um, but the Doge, you know, um, mindset and like that hype curve really, you know, obviously I rode the, I rode the roller coaster and it made me curious on how all this is working, you know, People were talking. There's an infinite Doge and all of these other tokenomics that I just have never been um, introduced to. Um, so it really like ignited my curiosity, and then I started digging in. Um, I actually have a, like a Doge miner, a Litecoin miner. Um, uh, and so that was my first foray into crypto, and then I just I went over to um, ETH, and I was in you know some. I was really into Shib. Uh, the Doge meme coins really got me, or like dog meme coins. Um, and then I started getting into uh, Binance and Binance Smart Chain. And for a while, I was over there. Um, and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew I was learning. 
I didn't know what what for, but I invested in a bunch of different projects, um, got robbed a bunch of times and scammed, um, and just kind of found out what makes a good community manager, what is a good way um, to have a voice inside of this new space, um, and how to, how to best be transparent and communicate, because I saw both the worst case scenarios and the best case scenarios. Um, and then I started looking for a platform that I really wanted to uh, start to build on. And I looked at Cardano, I looked at Ethereum, I looked at Sol, uh, and I eventually landed on HBOL, um for multiple, which is a, a whole multitude of reasons. Um, but that's, yeah, so that's kind of my journey to uh, the Hedera network. Crypto. Very cool. Very, very what cool. What year did you find Doge? Uh, I think it's a little over a year ago, like January okay. right. last year. I didn't know if you're like okay. a super early adopter of Doge. I mean, January of last year is pretty early, but I didn't know if you caught it like super early. No, but I, I was really early on SHIB. Gotcha. I did get into SHIB before the first pump, but um, by that moment I had been, I had lost a lot of money already um, and I learned a strategy which was anytime a coin goes up 200%, I'd take a quarter of my, my earnings. Um, and so SHIB, I, if had I done nothing, I would have made a lot, but I just kept pulling out and taking my profits, which, you know, it's still profits and I have no regrets, but um, that was also really cool to, to learn from the SHIB um, community and how they made SHIB bar, um, not SHIB bar, man, how they made Shiva swap uh, and, uh, can in their own blockchain and just um, how an organic community got a dog meme coin on Coinbase before yeah. Hedera. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of learnings just through all of the different uh, ecosystems. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, what was your inspiration for HGraph Punks? Yeah, um, the. You know, I have a, there's a couple NFT projects that I've just kind of loved since I've, I've been introduced to them. Um, one of them is Deadfellas, which I just recently was able to actually become a holder, which is really exciting. Um, and then another is uh, VPunks on uh, VChain was another inspiration. And it was just, I wanted to understand NFTs and I'm a learn, learn by doing kind of person. Um, and you know, in full transparency, at no point did I think HF Punks would ever be as big as it is today. Much less, you know, this this all these projects that we're working on. I was just uh, sitting on the couch and um, noticed that there were no big collections on Hedera. You know, that was back in the Goatment days when we started HIP seventeen, which is an eighteen year in, in the mainnet yet, which is the the protocol for actual NFTs instead of the fungible token Goatment method. Um, and yeah, I was just intrigued by NFTs. I wanted to learn more and I had already decided that Hedera is the network I want to build on. So um, just kind of created HCraft Punks. Uh, I figured that's the easiest way for, for people who are outside of crypto to understand NFTs is, is the Punks project. Hedera didn't have a Punks project. And um, the kind of point of HCraft Punks was one, for me to, to learn about NFTs and to make a, a giant collection or a regular size collection that you would see on ETH on Hedera um, and find all of the problems that exist on Hedera for any creator to build um, a regular project here and build those solutions, open source where we can, um, teach people where we can, and just pave the way for anyone else who wants to build uh, you know, a giant NFT project on Hedera so that they don't have to stumble in the dark. Instead, they have some sort of a roadmap and they can 
way more easily execute uh, and build their NFT project. And the hope is they focus on their creation and we can take care of some of that. And, you know, we've done that with like our open source free minting tools. It's a desktop app with no coding required and some other initiatives we've, we've been doing since, uh, since we started. And that's when turtle moon comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you mind giving it? A, so is that basically what turtle moon's used for is everything you just said? Well, Turtle Moon's a complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Um, so, uh, you know, we are based in the U.S. and we do everything as legal as possible with the clarity that there is um, with NFTs and crypto. And so Turtle Moon is the, uh, an LLC that is the, the, the legal entity uh, behind HCraft Punks. And then uh, Turtle Moon Command Center is a different legal entity that's behind a lot of bigger initiatives that we're building uh, of pieces of infrastructure for the uh, for the ecosystem. One would be like the you know the metaverse that we're building um, that HCraft Punks has partnered with Vicente for. Um, so Turtle Moon is uh, essentially yeah it's it's the tools and the actual creation and dev work behind the HCraft Punks brand. Um, by mostly the same team, but Splash is another um, creator and co-founder of Turtle Moon Command Center who does development on the launch pad and other de- development initiatives. Nice. nice. Very cool. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that. So is Turtle Moon the actual LLC name? Turtle Moon LLC? Uh, that's yep, incredible. Turtle Moon <laughs> Command awesome. Center LLC. That's awesome. That- <laughs> It's a full send right there. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very, very unique. I love the name. Thank you. That is all Renly's doing. Um, they <laughs> named it and we love it. So what initially made you choose Hedera's network? I mean, it seems like you've been all around the whole entire ecosystem throughout majority, or not majority, but a lot of very, very popular cryptocurrencies. And you've seen a lot. You've been through a lot. Why'd you stick with Hedera? Yeah, it's um, it is definitely not a simple choice to pick which network you're gonna build on. And like, we've got to be here for years, so it was a very big um, decision. What what really drove me? I'm a developer, so the developer onboarding of Hedera was way more user friendly than say Cardano. Um, and I had researched Cardano for a couple of, of days, I guess like. Like, let's say like 36 hours of dev time trying different apps, setting up a, a node on a Raspberry Pi, just like kind of working with the ecosystem. And it was uh, just in my personal development experience, um, pretty clunky to figure out what I was trying to do and how to execute. And then the functionality that I would hope would be there just wasn't. Um, I'm also a JavaScript, um, full stack JavaScript engineer. So I like Node, I like Express, I like um, React. And when I got over to the Dara network, there were things that just wildly simplified, you know, like say like Ethereum um, making a smart contract for an NFT uh, through Solidity or um, even the Ethereum JS is, is just pretty cumbersome and, and a lot of background knowledge. But then um, getting over to Hedera, the JavaScript SDK that's provided, uh, it's kind of like seven lines of code for, to, to create an NFT or a token um, wow. and really simplified a lot of the mechanics such as like royalties, um, they get paid out through the network on any transaction. It has nothing to do with the smart contract or route or, you know, if you miss one character and then you put it into execution, you know, lose forever based on your bad math or something. 
Um, so that was really, that was really one of the big factors. And then mainly the, the maturity of the network and how fast its scalability. And I know like, you know, um, say again, Cardano, which was, I was, I was pretty sure I was going to use Cardano. And then someone told me about HBAR. And then after three days of, of research, I just like moved half of my Cardano bag to HBAR and was like, okay, this is it. Um, but it, yeah, it's the, the opaqueness of doing a lot of the functionality. And then when is it going to come out? Uh, I just wasn't, it just, it wasn't really there for me at the time for Cardano. And I could see where Hedera was going, where we had gone and all of these things like EVM uh, being a part of the actual native network where it can talk to Ethereum virtual machines, which allows a lot of interoperability between Hedera and the biggest, you know, NFT network um, on the planet. Uh, just a lot of things like that. So nuanced to answer, probably too long, but uh, in general, functionality, speed, eco-friendliness was a really, really big one. Uh, I loved that. Um, and then uh, the JavaScript SDKs and developer onboarding really just kind of pushed it over the top. Where I could see that this was, you know, a long-standing network. It was it had a lot of, you know, buy-in from very major companies, and uh, it's just flipping fast and can do a lot of things that we're going to need it to do. Sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, are you happy that you made that transfer from Cardano to HBAR? Absolutely. Yeah. This is um, when else, um, I fundamentally believe that HBAR NFTs will have innovations that have not been seen in NFTs at all in the next two to three months. Like we're wow. just we've we finally got the infrastructure of marketplaces, of wallet signing, of all of this basic. You know, we all minted. There's tons of minted NFTs. Now we're getting into the utility. And now we really get to dig into the network and be like, okay, you know, what can we do that's never been done for NFTs before? And I just think the opportunity is sky high. You're confident with two to three months? I always say two to three months. That way people forget by the time it comes up. It's it's usually right. For sure. Yeah. I I would say by like the, by the beginning of fall. Absolutely. Or um, I can just spam yeah. the uh, that sticker that you made that says that has a little turtle on it. It says soon. I feel like it's the most overused sticker in the uh, HBAR community. It is the best weapon against when I'll tell you yeah. that. <laughs> Bro. Soon, 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 soon. Yeah. Try to like plaster it. Yeah. So do you mind giving us a a brief history about HBAR NFTs in general? Because there, there's like a lot of history that I don't even know about since I hopped in around when Shady's was doing their first drop. There was tons of stuff that happened before then. Mind maybe giving us a brief history? I mean, it also seems like he's really early to the whole entire Hedera ecosystem for NFTs because oh, for sure. he is the founder of yes. HGraph Punks. Yes. Like that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we really lucked out on timing. Um, because again, we started two weeks before HIP 17 was actually on the mainnet. Um, so we didn't build any of our infrastructure until there was actually NFT protocol that we could build towards, uh, which gave us an advantage over someone like Goman who paved for the way for a non-fungible token to even be created on the network in any way, even though it was like a fungible token and they were doing some, uh, mechanics to make it work. But at the time that was the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can I can give like a brief overview. It's been a it's been a long journey. My memory's not that great, but let me try here. Uh, yeah, we we um, we started in September of last year, and um, we're at that moment only really go mint was the way to mint anything. And even after you minted, you couldn't really see an NFT in your wallet. Uh, so it wasn't you know it was the proof of concept phase for Hedera. 
Um, then we got the exact wallet that came out um, and we worked closely with the exact team uh, and we minted our coin eyes, which there's a, a thousand and fifty coin eyes and we gave a thousand away to our first thousand supporters. Um, and that was one of the first, I think it was the 40th NFT ever minted on Hedera, um, looking at the mainnet. So we were working with exact wallets to figure out the best way to do minting. Um, and we were, all, we were all learning. So there was like the metadata schema isn't 100% correct. Um, and the, uh, the, the way that the, you know, the IPFS link had the whole link instead of the, the CID. Uh, so it was like beginning times, rubbing sticks together, trying to make fire. Um, with people that were, you know, just curious to see how we could take NFTs on, on Hedera. And that really exploded when uh, Exact released their um, web interface to mint on uh, the mainnet. Um, it was every different NFT had a different token ID, which we've gotten away from. But back then, that was the only way you could mint um, with Exact. And so there was a kind of this initial explosion of projects that, Use the exact wallet and the minting method. Uh, you know, it was like Teddy Bears, H Marine, um, H Mar Shadies. I'm pretty sure used exact, um, and that was this initial renaissance of NFTs exist. You can mint NFTs, and now we can transact on the network. Um, there was a really cool feature with the exact wallet where you could just share a QR code and scan it, and then it would ask if you wanted to pay the amount to get the NFT. You agreed to it, and then you would get the NFT, and the, the transaction would go through. Uh, and that spun a lot of cool innovation. Um, we know we had a Discord bot where you could um, log in and validate what tokens you were holding just by scanning the QR code and accepting it, and then could read which kind and, and give the roles. So there was this um, exact was kind of the the plow that just had all of this innovation that all of these other developers could tie onto. It had a backend API, all of this interconnectivity that was really really cool. Um, we got into a point where we had, you know, the, the really big Hedera um, community drive, uh, which was uh, near Christmas, where even Lehman was was on the spaces, and they had 65 plus different NFT artists in one day. Um, all did uh, donation NFTs for auction, and all of those proceeds went to an abused women and children's shelter. Um, wow. And and that yeah, that was that was a really awesome moment. Um, I didn't sleep more than three hours that week um, because there's just so much work. And we, you know, I made different bots that would scan QR codes and then people that are donating would put it into the escrow account. And there was all this functionality and cool tech that was going on. But the, the heart and soul of Hedera, I think, was really solidified there where it's like, we're not here to just make money. That's not the point. Um, if you focus on the technology, you focus on improving the quality of life for people, money will come. But that's, if that's your focus, it's a whole other, you know, spinning of a culture. Um, the culture is focused on how do we use technology to better the lives of people around us. Um, at least that's my ethos, and I, I, I think that resonates with many. So that was a huge moment, I think, for us. Um, then there was the famine where uh, the, the exact API that had the QR code functionality, it did have to be custodial to make that functionality work. And so when you would sign a transaction, uh, the, the private key would go up into their server and sign the transaction, and then they'd throw away the key. Um, when that came out, I think I think it was in the early docs. I, I don't really know. I, I, I would be speculating. But um, a lot of people thought it was non-custodial. When they found out that it wasn't non-custodial uh, 100%, there was some community backlash, and Exact took down that API. 
um, that left literally the entire NFT network without a wallet that could transact. And basically, if you had NFTs, they were, they were in your wallet. You couldn't sell them. You couldn't put them in the marketplace. No one could buy NFTs anymore. No one could mint. Uh, the entire ecosystem just kind of went silent for two months. Um, and in that time is when um, HRF Punks and Turtle Moon and just tons of, you know, Zeus, saw tons of other developers, uh, Hashkill, Depub, um, Hashpack, just started digging it and saying, okay, well, we need to like reinvigorate this space. It was so fruitful and there was so much innovation. And then um, there was there was nothing, which was really weird. So all of the developers were just heads down working uh, for two months. Um, then Hash Access came out and they were the first platform after that where you could actually finally buy NFTs again. Uh, then Hashpack came out and there was a good Chrome browser where you could actually sign transactions. Then we got Zeus and then Turtle Moon Launchpad, Hashfield, Depub. Uh, and now we're, uh, just fast forward a little bit, there's been tons of new uh, NFT projects launched on all of those platforms. I'd say we have a pretty mature marketplace now. Um, Ashpack is kind of a de facto NFT wallet on Hedera. And um, yeah, we're at a really exciting time where figuring out how to mint the metadata schema, all of those are, are, are solidified. And now it's, you know, you've minted your collection. How do you bring uh, value? How do you bring utility um, to the holders that have invested in your project? And, and utility doesn't mean staking and farming. Utility means resonating with the community that has invested in you. So if you're a storyteller, it, it means expressing your story and bringing everyone into either a DAO that helps you write the story together, or just again, a, a community aspect utility that allows people to be engaged with your project and your creative fest. That's amazing. That's also nice when the creators are very, very active in the chat. Like yeah. I think Vicente just hit level like 70 in the Vicizi server or something just mad like that. It's probably like 80 or 90. I'm going to get flamed for it from oh him, but you know, goodness. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, you, you can't slack on, oh, um, no. yeah. on engaging your, your community and it's hard, especially when you're like heads down building. Um, but I try to, I try to jump in there with a good morning and, and try to have some downtime, just chat in the, in the gen chat, but it's definitely hard after you're, you're, you know, you're trying to work because 12 yeah. hours a day trying to make it. If you do slack, then people are just going to instantly start assuming it's a rug. And that's the worst way to go about things. I would say instantly. Well, I mean, not instantly, but a lot of people make that assumption. Fair. FUD, FUD is easy to generate yeah. and hard to kill. Yeah. Um, the best way that we found to kill FUD is just to kill it before it even has a chance to grow. Be as transparent and open with the community as possible. Um, give them a roadmap that you believe you're going to do if you have to change something explain why you have to change it and just be 100 percent transparent that's that's our method yeah and it's worked exceptionally well it has it has um our community is very strong and forgiving um and uh, we really we really love that they've uh, supported us through so much and that we're we're continuing to grow with them and we were excited to after this you know we've dropped three drops of punks we're really excited to launch some stuff that will reward our holders and our people that have believed in us um coming up here shortly you got anything uh coming up for the uh the tort holders so the moon shells <laughs> which yes. is a different nft project yes um yeah the uh we the, the whole strategy on moon shells is you know we we don't promise anything 
We say sure. you get to alpha and beta test tools that Total Moon makes, and you get a private Discord channel. Yep. Um, mainly because we don't want to get swamped by when. <laughs> but uh, yeah. if if you have a Moonshell, then you get access to that private Discord channel where there is alpha of what's coming up and what we're working on for them. Uh, and again, we're we're testing out everything, uh, and there there are beta testers. So a good example is um, we've just you know, updated our validator bot for Discord. And yesterday, the Moonshells were testing the validator bot to get different roles for different things based on what, um, you know, Moonshell they held. So um, that's like a small example of what we test. But uh, yeah, if you, if you really want to know, you got to get into that Discord channel. Yeah. Very true. You got to be one of those VIPs. Yeah. For sure. Are there any left or uh, have they been minted already? Like all of them? No, there's still some left. Um, I think about 35-ish. Um, and again, we, we're not, we don't push the mint. You know, our, our, the purpose is of like, if you know, you know. That's kind of the, the whole mentality of the project. And that's sure. good. And if you, yeah, we don't, we don't want more win. <laughs> and I know that the holders will be happy with what we do. And that's, that's that. Never win just soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been through a lot. You've seen a lot through this HBAR and Hedera space. Um, where do you see the future of HCraft Punks and Turtle Moon? Yeah. Um, so Turtle Moon, I really want to be, and I think we've, we've started this journey. Uh, we want to kind of like implement ourselves as the most you know, tech forward, innovative forward platform or tool set. Um, you know, we're not doing the broad we want to be able to spearhead innovation. And by doing that, um, that's why we have like only 13 projects on the launch pad right now. We mint all of those tokens so that we know the metadata, we know the token IDs that are in the way that we prefer so that we can build things like staking, like farming, all these other ancillary things that you would want um, around a smaller set. So another way to say that is, we think we can innovate faster in technology when we remove more variables of difference. Um, so we want to really kind of be solidified as the uh, innovators and in, in pushing the tech forward on, on uh, Hedera or helping, helping push the, the tech forward because, you know, there's tons of developers doing a bunch of cool stuff and we're by no means, you know, the only ones. Uh, but we want to we do our part in creating infrastructure, helping determine the future. Uh, and building um, needed pieces of infrastructure to give creators who aren't tech savvy easy tools for them to execute their vision and generate a community around their vision uh, and not be you know boxed out of Web3 um, just because they don't know technology or, or development. Sure. And then HGraph Bunks, um, we really want to solidify as a brand that is music, music-centric. Um, we have the metaverse that we've partnered with Vicente, um, where we are going to have live music shows. Um, and we have some really cool stuff in the background working on that uh, to hopefully announce in the near future, um, you know, all of, all of the developments there. But HCraft Punks uh, wants to be long-term uh, branding of a cool NFT project that, again, does some innovative stuff that, um, you know, might have never been done before. Sure. Sure. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not going to be people out there who are as skilled as obviously you, Patches. So yes. if you're able to help them learn and develop the right way, you're only going to help this ecosystem grow even more than it 
ever has imagined to. Yeah, lower, lowering the barrier barrier of entry is incredibly important, especially for a, a budding ecosystem that isn't like super duper built out yet. Yeah. Getting as many people on board. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of missed it in the question of why HBAR network or Hedera network, but uh, the price to mint 10, 10 K NFTs is $78, not 6,000. Yeah. So just like basic things like that, where it's so much easier for a regular person to innovate or create um, just from a fiscal perspective, a development perspective. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we hope to help creators. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. That's, <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, Patches, I'm, I'm going to combine two questions. Because they, okay. they kind of coincide with go each other. Go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. they kind of go hand in hand. So, uh, every time we have a guest on, I ask a question called the state of HBAR. And it's similar to the how the president gives the State of the Union about, you know, is the union good? Is it not good? What can be improved? Whatever, right? So if you could do a similar thing, but from a developer's perspective on HBAR itself, its user friendliness, how has it been treating you, reliability, you know, things like that. And then also on top of that, what are your current, what are your thoughts on the current state of the market post Luna being basically rugged? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. So I'll do the uh, state of H bar, and this is just the network in general, not NFTs. Uh, it it could also be NFTs. Just as well. an overall overview of how you feel about the whole entire network. Yeah, because you've already mentioned okay. a lot about it before, but yeah, you know, a little more in depth would be good. Yeah. Um, so I am extremely bullish on Hedera. I um, I invite a. Hmm, that's another word. I am not dissuaded by the bear market that we seemingly might be in. Um, I actually think that allows to suck a lot of air out of the room of the noise so that developers and people building have more focus and time to build out on this amazing network um, instead of maybe uh, you know being a little bit more distracted with a bunch of new uh, users coming in. I think this is the time where Hedera can focus on, again, building out these infrastructures that are expected on other networks, such as DeFi, such as you know, marketplaces, uh, DEXs, um, and we can be ready for the opportunity that will come. And so uh, the, the things that are kind of crazy with Hedera is just, again, that native EVM and smart contract execution, that, that to me is the you know, the, I don't know, golden egg. That's a horrible analogy. (laughs) It's a very good fundamental thing that no other blockchain, I think, has um, at at the same efficiency level as Hedera does. So, you know, the biggest problem is how do you get developers on your network? The biggest network that has developers is Ethereum. So with native EVM and smart contract execution, being able to talk to Hedera token service through Solidity you can go to an engineer on Ethereum and say, without changing the code that you write, and with just learning some stuff from HTS, you can port your contracts or your tokens using Hashport um, over to HBAR, write the same code, and then execute on the network for less gas and uh, way more efficient time, uptime, and everything that Hedera is. Um, that becomes way more 
prevalent and way more of a, a, a persuasive ar argument when you kind of rope in all the HIPs that just went into effect. Um, one, I think it was, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, so I'm not even going to try, but it was in the 400s, um, but it allows Ethereum bit transactions to get wrapped with Hedera to be executed on the Hedera net through our EVMs. So another way to say that is you execute a transaction in MetaMask, but it uses the gas fees from the Hedera network to execute on the Hedera EVM. Um, that wildly changes Ethereum's kind of um, basis of understanding of how you transact. And so that's, you know, that just hit the mainnet, I think, a week ago. Uh, and there's, there's tons of these really cool, innovative things that blur the line between, um, you know, what you do on other networks and what you can do here that allow you to get all the benefits without all the friction of changing the, the development um, tools and languages that you're used to. So uh, I'm really, really bullish on HBAR. The amount of innovation that we can do just from the Hedera network, I think is really, really high. Like natively being able to trade NFTs uh, P2P, that's like just built into the network. And we take that, you know, people were doing that first back in the exact days before we had a marketplace. And that's just like unheard of on, on tons of other blockchains. So that's just like a brief example of how advanced the network is. And when we build out this infrastructure to take full advantage, like right now, I think we're taking probably like, if I were to guess, 15 to 20% advantage of the network. Now that we have this infrastructure, if we can take a 50% uh, advantage of all the, the cool intricacies of Hedera, um, the next time that we get an opportunity for Sol or ETH, um, you know, engineers or, or investors uh, to look at Hedera and see the benefits. If we, if we have done our job right and we get these, uh, you know, pieces of technology in place, I think it can just kind of exponentially grow overnight um, and get an insane amount of adoption. We just, as developers, have to, you know, put our heads down and dig into innovating and building some cool shit. Yeah. Um, pardon me. Yeah. Um, some cool stuff on the network. And then... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then when we have that, um, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So when we have that luck uh, and get just an uh, exponential adoption curve. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, because it, it seems like HBAR kind of has a bit of a, if you call it necessarily a problem, but a bit of a, an issue with exposure. Just... Not a lot of people know about it still, even with all this innovation, even with all the news about it, even with all the partnerships, everybody on the governing council, it still feels like not a lot of people like know about it or in the loop or in the loop about yeah. it. Yeah, you would think more people would be with all the cool stuff happening. But Yeah, I mean, it hasn't had its giant moment in the sun yet, which, again, I'm thankful for because I don't think the HRNFT community, like, again, we don't have DAXs, we don't have this. If you came from Seoul, you'd be like, oh, well, this network's not mature because it doesn't have these fundamental points of contact that you'd expect. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of glad that hasn't happened yet. And I do believe that Hedera will be used by, say, I'm an Ethereum project and I want to build a play to earn game. There's no reason why you couldn't have an Ethereum project that then has a play to earn game using the Hedera mainnet that interacts with your Ethereum project. So, and then, like, you don't even need to tell your holders, hey, we used Hedera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of ability for Hedera to be the functional, not known <laughs> network that a bunch of ancillary blockchains use to get the carbon neutral, to get the 
uh, are carbon negative um, and get the speed and the, the ease of gas and, and all of these other things without having to, again, adopt a whole new platform or move everything they've already built, uh, but instead use it as a way to kind of shortcut to the best case scenario. Yeah. It just gives you more time to just accumulate. Mm-hmm. It's more time to accumulate and then also appreciate the community that already yeah. exists. Yeah. Because like I said to Bones when we hit, did his interview way like forever ago, <laughs> it feels like it, it feels like a small village. Like I've only known everybody for probably less than a year, maybe yep. a year at this point. But like it feels like I've known everybody like forever. Like a family. Yeah, it's, we're like family. It's, it's the Fast and Furious. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no I, I do um i do enjoy the community in hadera it's like kind of the, one of the best features um it's just not you know i'm in a i'm in some ETH projects i'm in some soul projects and the uh it is it is easier when it's smaller but i still just think that in general um it's, it's way more um inviting and open and uh just kind uh which is rare in the internet absolutely and secure and secure yeah yes yes <laughs> i mean a lot, majority of people at the moment unfortunately when they think of fast transaction times for nfts they just instantly assume soul they don't a majority don't realize that soul's network goes down probably at least once or twice a month minimum <laughs> yeah and it goes offline for a good amount of time when i say good amount of time i mean hours but um they just put those things past it and souls networks has grown tremendously just because of those low fees and i mean once people just really open their eyes up to networks like hedera's and xrp's and they realize oh wait you can get these you can get these transaction times that are one instantaneous two very cheap and three very secure they're not going to look back Correct. everybody's going to migrate yeah and it's just a matter of time and it's a matter of adoption and it's uh, really at the end of the day it's a matter of just promoting yeah and getting that exposure where the exposure is needed and that is when the alt kings come into play <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a really exciting time for Hedera for sure yeah mm-hmm. yes yes for sure what, what, what are your thoughts on the current state of the market after that luna crash yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not a rug. Oh um, no! Yeah, it, it was. You know, no one. No, no one can really plan for like. Was it three billion in volume in hours? Um, to both like buy one side of a ballast and then sell it off, and then buy the other side of the ballast and then sell. It. You know, it was a purposeful yeah. seesaw effect to destabilize a stable coin. Uh, and I'm not going to put on a conspiracy hat um, and try <laughs> to speculate who did what. Um, but it definitely wasn't uh, great for the um, crypto community in general. Uh, it was a strange, like I was looking at the order book and it was just wild to watch when it was happening. Uh, it was a really strange event, but um, it's, you know, it's the ebb and flow of a crypto market that's unregulated. You know, no, nothing that was done, I don't think is illegal. Uh, you know, yeah. there's, no, there's no regulation to say you can't do that. So yeah. Yeah. it's kind of just the price of, um, you know, having a decentralized unregulated market and, uh, I fundamentally believe it will recover. It really is. Uh, it's hard to just, you know see all the stories of people who've lost you know, millions, thousands, um, just great deals of money in that Luna crash. So definitely feel for them. Uh, it's never great to see uh, that many people lose out on investment so quickly. But 
Um, you know, crypto will recover. I'm still bullish on this as being the digital way that we transact value over the globe. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's definitely not a straight line. There's a lot of bumps in the road, and that was just a big bump that we hit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do but, you do you personally think that other that people should also be worried about other algorithmic based stable coins as well, like on Tron and other ecosystems? I mean, I am not a financial advisor, so I'm gonna put that out there. Um, it's not financial but, advice. Yes, we are all yeah. not financial advisors. <laughs> Correct. Um, I, I mean, I would take pause as to investing into a stable coin that has the same algorithmic method as one that just crashed billions of dollars in hours. Yeah, I would be cautious. I mean, even USDC came off its peg like 3%. That had my pump in. I was like, oh God. If USDC goes out and that's backed by like USD. Yeah, <laughs> like, what, and BlackRock of all people. Yeah, I'm not, again, like I don't... I know there's like a lot of digging that you can do. I haven't done my research, so I'm not going to speculate, but um, I would definitely be cautious of algorithmic stable coins until there is a good postmortem of what happened. And um, those stable coins uh, have implemented some mitigation strategy to not allow that to happen to them. Fun fact about the Luna team, uh, their actual legal team actually just resigned today. Bullish. <laughs> Bullish. Yeah, bullish. <laughs> he said <laughs> bullish. <laughs> Anyways, off of the Luna, the Luna banter. Um, what's been the biggest sell of one of your Agecraft punks today? Um, do you know? Yeah, so our biggest, yeah, our biggest sell was a hundred k H bar. Wow. Um, that was for a glitch punk. So, um. We, we started, um, we really didn't, you know, again, we're, we're focused on the technology and we're focused on the creating tools. So we, the first 1,050 minted NFTs we gave away to our early holders, um, or, or tried to, uh, it's the best way to say that. Cause if you didn't claim it, it was hard to give it to you. Um, but in that was 50 of glitch punks. And the idea was, um, the story, which I don't think we really say too much is that like the punk is glitching out of the Hedera sphere and becoming alive. And so the glitches are different states of um, a punk, just kind of like all messed up. And the one that sold was, I think like glitch number two. Um, I'm unsure which, which one it was, but yeah, it was just during a, a really, really cool time where people were interested in the project and uh, the glitch punks do get um, some special uh, rewards um, and functionality first. So they're going to be the first ones that are able to farm and they'll be able to farm realized punks. Um, and so someone like, yeah, went, went all in and made a glitch punk on secondary. And that was, that was a really huge day and gave us a lot of motivation on the team to say, you know, people trust us. People um, are definitely bullish on our project and we need to make sure we're heads down and delivering and, you know, we, I've, I've done 12 to 18 hour days for the last six months and I'm just getting out of that habit. So it's uh, definitely doing everything we can to, to make sure we're here for a long time. And again, we're building stuff for other creators to, to create. Yeah, that's, sure. that's incredible patches. Yeah, we, I see you in, the, in all kinds of different chats all the time that your work ethic is solid, my dude. Patches, all of your work will pay off very, very soon, my friend. Can I show you that? And I it mean, already I has. Mean, I mean, it already it has. Already I mean, has, yes. is 
massive. But it's going to pay off tenfolds. Yes, very soon. especially once everybody's using his tools. Yes, exactly. Him and his team's tools, I should yeah. say. The three tools that, that anyone can use. Correct. <laughs> the 1% of that 100K sold went straight into uh, donations, correct? Or to charities, um, to charities, I meant. No, so one percent no? of all income of HCraft punks. Oh wow! So we didn't get we didn't get the hundred percent of the. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's yeah. Gotcha. So any any time, um, yeah, any any time we mint, then one percent of that transaction. But secondary market, it's the total of whatever we get. One percent of that. So one percent sure. of all income. Makes sense. Yeah, got you. Sure. Yeah, we've um we've been able to donate. Um, we did a we auctioned off one of our glitch punks. Um. And we donated $22,000 to save the children. Yeah, I just was, saw that. Yeah, it's incredible. That was, it was a huge moment, at least, you know, for the whole team, because it's just like, you know, there's a lot of impact that you want to make in the world, and at no point did I ever think I'd be able to help donate $22,000 to a cause we really care about. Yeah. Um, and that was, again, just like a, a really active community, a lot of people caring and, and, and wanting to make a positive impact. Um, so that was, that was a really cool moment. And then we had another uh, vote uh, of our holders um i guess it was just in our discord it wasn't just the holders uh and we donated i think around eight hundred dollars uh to the ukraine relief fund when they put up a hr address we donated directly to ukraine um and that was passed by like 97 percent of our of our community so really proud to have that and really glad that we have an ability to steadily always give back and i have my eye on, on trying to get back to another big charity event because it's been too long uh, we've been heads down building stuff, but um, need to make sure that we're giving back to uh, to some people that really need it in the world as well. That's amazing. I love that you guys give back. And whenever I see that in any NFT project, it just shows that they truly care about what they're doing. And they're not only in it just for the money, they're in it to help any, any and everybody around them. But our, yeah. la our last question of the night would be, we saw that you were featured on one of Crypto Mason's most popular NFT videos. What were your thoughts whenever you saw that? Uh, which one? I know uh, he's talking about us a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one whenever he brought up the uh, NFTs that he's watching out for. It was one of the most recent NFT updates uh, when he was just talking gotcha. about Hedera NFTs and he mentioned, obviously, HGraph Punks. Yeah, no, it's really, really awesome. Um, Crypto Mason, I know we've been watching him since we got into Hedera. Uh, he's got really good videos, really good yeah. information. Uh, he's a moonshell holder, uh, which is really cool as well. Um, and it was uh, it was nice to see him uh, saying that he was bullish on HMF Punks. And um, we, you know, he was talking about trying to give away an NFT when he hits 20,000. And uh, Renly took a shot and was like, Hey, we'll donate a, you know, a corn eyes punk if you'd want. And he, he's, he's down. So we're really excited to give away a corn eyes punk for when he has 20,000 and, um, you know, promote and, and uh, work with crypto Mason anyway we can. He's again, a great influencer for Hedera and we've been watching his stuff. for. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, I mean, if there's anything else you'd love to add to this patches, it'd be more than appreciated, but we appreciate your time once again. Yeah, um, yeah. just to put an end cap on it, uh, again, the, the next six months of Hedera innovation is going to be blazingly fast. Um, the, the amount of opportunity we have as a network is as high as I think it can ever be. Um, and we just have, uh, you know, all the developers uh, on the network just have, you know, a couple months to build out the infrastructure we would like to see 
And to point, you know, more broadly, point the technology and the way that Web3 goes in the direction we would like to see as a community uh, and have an impact on the technology that will be how people fundamentally share and exchange data and interactions in the future. And so it's not just, you know, again, it's not a money-making opportunity, but it's, it's a way to impact how humans interact with each other in the future. And we can fix all the problems of Web2 if we really focus on, on fundamentally building them into the system so they can't happen again. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's where my mind's at. And I, I think um, it's going to be really amazing to see how Hedera uh, enables, you know, just people broadly to, to easily use this Web3 architecture and um, get the benefits of, of what Web3 can be. Without a doubt, whenever you said Blazing Fast, the first thing that came to mind was, don't you know, pump it up, you gotta pump it up, don't you know, pump it up. That's a song. <laughs> That's I amazing. did not know that song. <laughs> Corbo probably added. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll add it in somewhere if it's not copyrighted. Oh. But Patches, thank you once again for everything, and we truly can't wait to see the wonders that you do with mm-hmm. Hedera and HBAR's community. Cause we the sh- and the shenanigans that happen in the tort fort. <laughs> I am also a moonshot holder. <laughs> Incredible. Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was great. Well, with that being said, we'll be providing all of Patch's information to HGraph Punks and Turtle Moon down in the description down below. Yep. And we appreciate every single one of you watching. This has been the Alt Kings podcast, and we will see you next episode. <laughs> Puny. Oh wow. Puny. Barely hit it. I was like bad. Thanks, Patches. Thank you, Patches, again. Sure. So much. Don't know what happened there, but it, we it just threw our bad. hats at the camera. That's our closer for every single podcast.